It's Your Life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley. Life is a series of circles and cycles, phrases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. James is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the J.C. Cooley Foundation. James is here to equip you to strive for greatness and overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, James Cooley. Hello, welcome to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and, you know, just like always, we... We got fantastic shows and we got shows that are, are interest uh, to everyone because, uh, you know, we have to learn to love, accept and just be able to get along with everybody in the world and our community in our neighborhood everywhere. We have to be able to do that. Noah. You and I talk about that all the time. There is not enough of that in the world, and that's why whenever we're talking about this on the show, it makes me so proud to be able to just vocalize that with the community here in San Diego. So tonight's going to be a great conversation. And, you know, we have to vocalize that with uh, all over the world. I and mean, we got listening audience from all over the world that need to understand that, that uh, regardless of what uh, other people might be thinking, regardless of what might be going through your head, regardless of this or that, everybody deserved to be treated equally. Everybody de- deserved to have respect. It's not a political thing. It's, it's, it's not that, but God made all of us equal. And we had to be able to blend in, had to be able to talk to each other, had to be able to respect each other and not look at each other from a diversity perspective, like black, white, pink, gold, purple. We look at each other, just see the shining light. Everybody got that shining light. No, Yeah, man, we should just look at each other as people, our, feather, our fellow brothers and sisters. And that's what we're going to be talking about tonight, man. We're going to be talking about the importance, uh, well, mainly the importance of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Uh, D-E-I. And uh, what that entails, and we got a fantastic guest. I've been knowing this guy a couple of years now, and one of the most respected individuals that I know, one of the most honest individuals that I know. Hey, JC, real quick, I, I, I was looking at the guest sheet, hadn't looked at it all day, I normally do, started reading up on this gentleman right before the show. Man, I am sincerely impressed. I'm really excited to have his story out there and for people to be able to call in and ask a little bit more about him. Hey, man, just wait. Just wait till we start this. Mr. Isaac Ford, man, I'm telling you, hero, uh, great man, great man of character honest and i tell you what he loves everybody and i i can't wait to get this thing started you know so uh first of all i got my co-host michelle cooley who still is in new york and uh uh she's there chilling uh they just had mother's day and all that stuff and and i'm having mother's day and father's day every day with my dog bella noah (laughs) hey she's keeping you company she's doing her job Oh, she's doing her job. She is relaxing, you know. So, Michelle, how are you, how are you doing out there? I'm doing great. I'm spending a great amount of time with my mom. We had a great Mother's Day yesterday. Me, her, and my brother, we went to church to celebrate Mother's Day. And first time we've been to church since the pandemic. And to see the joy in her face, it was beautiful. It, it was just amazing. Yeah, I mentioned to mom uh, that... Uh, Next time she get with us and come to Texas or California or whatever, New York, I'm going with you guys as well. You know, so I, I miss her. Haven't seen her since uh, pre-pandemic. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, having her home. You know, so uh, having her where we at and also potentially bringing her on the show. <laughs> that would be exciting. My mom is too private and shy to be on the show. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hey, no, one thing I want to talk about yeah, is, what's up? Is, is this uh, legacy contest. Oh, this is super exciting, man. I had Rob oh. Lucy on my show this past weekend, talked a lot more about legacy. This stuff's so important. It, it's so important. And I think that uh, 
Uh, listen, audience need to understand that uh, the James Cooley show is running a legacy contest. And uh, we're looking uh, for people to sit back and talk about. I tell you, we're going to play. We're going to play the, the commercial in a minute. But uh, the 25th is the deadline to get to get your submission in 300 words or less. Uh, the 20 and I believe this is the 28th. We're going to announce the three finalists. And I believe that on the 4th of June, the three finalists will get an opportunity to uh, be on the show to tell about uh, what they wrote their story about. So, hey, no, I think we got a, a quick, got a quick uh, promo. Commercial. Yeah, well, Rob can, can, just can we, laid this we... down. So here's more about the Legacy Story Contest. All Thank right. you, James. Yes, I'm Rob Lucy, and I'd love to tell you a little bit more about the Legacy Story Contest. This is a contest that you will write. It's a story that you really don't want to disappear. You'd really love your family and your friends and your colleagues know about this story. It could be anything. It could be something from your childhood. It could be about getting married, about falling in love, about um, um, burning down the barn. You didn't mean to do that. Any story that you don't want to disappear, that you'd love to have your descendants learn about hundreds of years from now. So write your story up to 300 words, a story you don't want to disappear, and we'll uh, judge all. We'll read all three, all stories, and we'll come up with a winner We'll decide on a winner with a great prize. That's the Legacy Story Contest, James, and uh, I'm looking forward to start reading them. Hey, Rob, thank you so much, my friend. I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, people start submitting those. And I tell you, the winner of this contest, again, uh, the three finals will get an opportunity, if they like, to be part of the show on June the 4th. The winner will get dinner for two, any restaurant they want, Long as it does not exceed $175. So get your entries in and let's, let's talk about these stories that you don't want to forget. You don't want your descendants to forget and just pass it down. And Noah, uh, man, I'm excited. I'm telling it's you. exciting. I hope a lot of people write in. Not only is this a great contest on the James Cooley It's Your Life show, it's a great opportunity to get your legacy written down personally so that you can pass it on to your family. You got to. Man, I'm excited about this show. Michelle, can you tell our listening audience the purpose of today's show? Yes. The purpose of today's show is to get a better understanding of what diversity, equity, and inclusion really is, to help combat prejudice and racism in the workplace and in general, to better understand it is essential to have a well-rounded workplace culture, community, and society that represents everyone's opinion, to understand the benefits of diversity, equity, and inclusion, and to get a better understanding of the four types of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Can you introduce our great guest tonight? Yes, Isaac Ford Jr. Isaac Ford Jr., MSW, is an independent diversity and inclusion consultant, motivational, inspirational speaker, author, and the CEO of Isaac Ford Jr. and Associates, LLC, specializing in motivational speaking and diversity and inclusion training. Isaac was born in Washington, D.C., and grew up in a segregated section of Augusta, Georgia, affectionately called the bottom in the Delta Manor housing projects. His father was absent from the home during his childhood, and burglars once broke into the family's home while they were still at home. At nine years old, he was almost crushed to death by a falling flagpole. At 13 years old, the most trusted person on the planet punctured his left lung with a steak knife. At 20 years old, he was an Augusta police officer patrolling the mean streets of Augusta, Georgia, battling crime while simultaneously fighting against racism within the ranks. Despite all the trauma and adversity, he resolved that he would not become a statistic, but rather he was going to write his own incredible narrative and live life to the fullest until the music stops. Isaac holds a BS in organizational behavior from National University, a master's in social work from the University of Southern California, and a certificate in diversity and inclusion from Cornell University. Isaac is a gifted communicator that uses interactive and storytelling-based methodology to inform and connect with a wide array 
array of audiences from academia to business. Isaac has over 30 years of experience in leadership, training, recruiting, sales, diversity, strategies, and social work stemming from his 25 years in the United States Marine Corps and as the former assistant director of military and diversity outreach for the University of Southern California School of Social Work. Isaac can tailor a presentation to your organization's needs virtually as a keynote or day-long seminar for youth or adults. Isaac is the author of Up From the Bottom, a memoir, a book about tragedy, resilience, forgiveness, and unconditional love, released in April of 2019. The James Cooley Show, It's Your Life, proudly presents Isaac Ford, Jr. Isaac, welcome to the show. But we know we're going to take a station break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to talk to Isaac Ford, Jr., and we're going to talk about everything, including his book, Up From the Bottom. A memoir, Isaac Ford Jr. We will be talking to you when we return. It's your life from James Golden. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow, and we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. Streaming now on the Answer San Diego app and odyssey.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. I'll tell you, we got Isaac Ford Jr. Uh, That's, uh, uh, I'm telling you, you guys getting work ready to understand why this is a great man, the things that he does, uh, his heart, and he just wants everybody to be included in everything. And if you want to be part of the conversation, that's one 888 1170 Again, that's 1-888-344-1170. My good friend, Isaac Ford Jr., how you doing, sir? I'm blessed and highly favored talking to you and your beautiful wife, Michelle, by Coastal, the hardest working couple in radio <laughs> i don't know about that man but we know we uh we earn our money just put it like that <laughs> you know i miss you man i miss you and i'm glad that uh you're on the show today Isaac. can you tell our listening audience uh, a little bit about your experience growing up in augusta georgia and also tell them what made you decide to become a police officer well, first of all i grew up in uh, i was born in washington dc but i i claim augusta georgia as my home uh, that's where I grew up. That's where my heart is. That's that's uh, that's where my base is. And um, grew up in in uh, Augusta, Georgia. Lived in the bottom. Uh, lived in the Delta Manor housing projects. And uh, so life was challenging. Uh, didn't know I was poor until I was 15 years old. And uh, <laughs> but all of my family, my village was within about a mile and a half from me. So I had guardrails, uh, like uh, so many don't have. And so with that, there were some challenges. Um, my father wasn't in the home as the introduction talks about. Um, and, uh, my mother has some challenges, you know, as a lot of families deal with mental health issues and uh, substance abuse. And, um, she did the best she could, uh, but during a, a down 
uh, one of her lowest points, um, tragic situation happened that had the potential to ruin the rest of my life. And uh, the most trusted person on the planet punctured, punctured my left lung with a steak knife. Uh, but for the grace of God, they go I. And um, some of my relatives said, we don't even know what you are. They don't know why. We don't even know how. And um, uh, but God. And so uh, in addition to some challenges in my early childhood, um, I needed a job. Um, I initially uh, went off to college and I didn't do as well as I needed to do my first year. And uh, I joined the Marine Corps Reserves. And uh, during that time frame, I, my plan was to come back home after doing my initial active duty and go to school full time and live with my grandparents. And my grandparents, they died shortly after that. So I, I needed a job, got married really young, and uh, I ended up being a, a patrol officer in Augusta for almost three years. And so uh, there wasn't any thought process about watching uh, television and, and fantasize being, about being a police officer, just a job. And um, it was at that time that I really, even growing up in Augusta, Georgia, and being in the, growing up in the South, uh, I really learned what racism was when I became a police officer. And so everything has to happen for a reason. And, and, and um, in retrospect, um, I saw some, some things there uh, that were a little bit too strong for me to be quiet about, maybe as my youth uh, may, uh, maybe uh, maybe it was um, uh, me being naive, uh, but I just believe that um, in terms of the police department, they didn't need diversity, equity, or me if I was going to be a black police officer and be quiet and watch some of the things I saw, the disparate um, treatment that I saw meted out between uh, from officers. Uh, to certain segments of the population in the bottom with African-Americans and and juxtapose that with uh, how officers engage officers that lived in the in other sections of the city that were less diverse. And so I spoke out, you know, right now with George Floyd, a lot of things going on in terms of the atmosphere. A lot of people wonder, they, they ask the question, uh, where are the police officers at? Why don't they speak out? Are there any good ones? And the answer is yes. There are a lot of good police officers of good conscience. But unfortunately, it's a very, it's a very um, dangerous thing to stick out and speak out. And so when it came down to me doing things that were wrong, I chose not to. And, and um, I chose not to write things the way they wanted me to write. I chose not to abuse people. And I said a prayer before I went on the street every night, James. I said, Lord, let me come home alive and then let me go out here and do things the way you want me to do by the people I'm sworn to protect. And uh, long story short, um, signed some petitions with some other uh, courageous black officers about some things that were going on. Uh, I made some stands, uh, refused to go and apologize to some individuals that I arrested that were white um, for public drunken. Uh, disorderly conduct and a few other things. Um, I refuse to um, do a few things that you see we see played on TV. And um, ultimately, they got tired of me and I was fired. I was blackballed. I was arrested. And had it not been for the late, great Dr. Joseph Lowry and courageous African-American police officers that came to Augusta from L.A., from Chicago, New York, from Miami uh, that heard about my plight and marched to the front door of the police department, I probably would have been killed. And so at the end of the day, um, as painful as that chapter was for me, um, at 55 years old, that's one of the chapters of my life I'm most proud of because of all the things that came to bear against me, but I still had moral courage. And we all know moral courage is a noble thing, but it always comes with a price. But, of course, many people paid much bigger prices than, than I did for making a stand I did. More courage always comes with a price, and we have to speak up for what we think is right. And uh, I tell you, I mean, I know you. We talk uh, a lot. Uh, but you, you made a decision to enlist in the military. Can you tell us uh, why you made that decision, and was that a great decision? Well, absolutely. Um, I served in the Marine Corps. I actually was uh, 
after being fired from the police department. Um, I worked some odd jobs, um, sold cars, sold insurance. I did a lot of things. And uh, juvenile authorities. And um, then I was activated for the Gulf War and brought back on active duty. And I stayed on active duty until 2009, retiring at the rank of Master Gunnery Sergeant. And so I, I thank the Marine Corps for opening up a lot of doors for me, uh, both educationally, in terms of business. Um, and so it was a gateway to the middle class, uh, as it was for so many other people. Uh, and uh, so that was, that was, um, that, that was a, a great stepping stone for me. And uh, when I retired from the Marine Corps in 2009, I went to USC, um, worked there for six years, and left there as Assistant Director of Military and Diversity outreach for the USC School of Social Work. And um, so since that time, I've been doing medical, mental health, social work, consulting, wrote this book. Uh, COVID slowed it down a little bit, but I've been doing a lot in terms of virtual, but diversity, equity, inclusion, consulting, and motivational speaking. And look forward to getting out there more full, full-throated uh, as, the, as, as things open back up. Isaac, what is diversity, equity, and inclusion, and why is it so important? So diversity, equity, inclusion is something that um, in this country, companies and corporations have invested over $8 billion into, and 400 to $600 million of that, of, of, um, in, into uh, private consulting. And the reason why it's so important is we have one of the richest, uh, most educated um, countries in the world um, and leaders, uh, but we can never be the the the, the uh, meet, reach, reach the the greatness that that we have the potential to unless we tap into uh, the incredible uh, rich diversity of our people. And so, statistically, uh, well, first of all, diversity is is the presence of the presence of of difference. And subconsciously, when when people hear about the word diversity. Um, they think about a few categories, and that is gender, race, age, uh, religion. But in terms of the categories, they're infinite when you're talking about describing people. But basically having a workplace that encompasses a very um, diverse group, uh, a cross-section and representation of our country. And so when you hear about equity, equity basically means sameness. Everybody having the same, same opportunities. Uh, but the inclusion piece, um, that's the achievement of a workplace uh, in which all of us, all, every, every, every uh, member of the organization is treated fairly, respectfully, have access to resources and opportunities. And what does that mean, Michelle? That means that if you're, if you're a member of this organization as, as an African-American female, uh, API, disabled person, that you see resources, you see mentorship, you see a pathway from where you're sitting all the way to the top seat. And what that means is that when you're sitting in, in, in meetings, in, in uh, company meetings, or um, and as a woman, and you say something, and it's kind of like dismissed or, or people don't pay attention to it. But when James says something 20 minutes later, James, that's, that's, that's brilliant. We need to do that. And when you feel somewhat subconscious about certain things, if it if it references your, um, you know, being a mother or uh, your religious uh, beliefs, and so it's about it's about uh, allowing people to feel like they're psych- in, in in the DNI space. We say psychologically safe. So if if an individual feels psychologically safe, and that comes from leadership, fostering a an inclusive environment, a culture, if an individual is psychologically safe, instead of just feeling good because I got a job, I'm satisfied then. That's called being satisfied. You don't want people to be satisfied. What you want to to be is to feel psychologically safe because if they feel that way, they're going to be more engaged. And if your people feel that way and they're more engaged, they're going to have a lot more pride about what they do. They're going to want to come to work. And your company, statistically, would be a lot more successful. So it's a win-win situation. It, it is. And, you know, we're going to take a station break, but, man, you, you're putting it down, Isaac. And uh, we're going to come back and we're going to get deeper, deeper into uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. 
And uh, listen, audience, you want to be part of the conversation, that's one 888 344 Again, that's 1-888-344-1170. We'll be back with Isaac Ford Jr. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. The Answer, San Diego. Streaming now on smart speakers and odyssey.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley and we got the uh, I tell you, my very good friend uh, Isaac Ford Jr., author of Up From The Bottom, a memoir, and uh, he's telling us and talking to us and educating us on the importance of uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And it's, it's so important. So, Isaac, what does it say about an organization that embraces and invests in DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion? What it says is a forward-thinking organization that people actually want to work at. Glassdoor. Uh, found that 57% of employees and 67% of job seekers consider diversity an important element uh, of their workplace. And the vast majority of large companies in this com- in, in, uh, in the United States, uh, they, they embrace that. Um, in terms of uh, a, a company or cor- uh, organization that does not do that, I, I don't know, where, you know what the future looks like for them. And... Um, and and thank God, uh, now that we have another administration, um, the Biden administration has been full-throated about their support and how much they value diversity. Um, four months ago, we couldn't talk about it. It was banned from from the government. But now, um, I think that uh, I think that we're we're in a good space at least for the next three and a half to four years in terms of leadership. It all starts from the top in this administration. Um, values, diversity, inclusion, and and uh, the training that it takes for people to be better. Isaac, producer Noah here back in the booth. First of all, thank you for your dedicated service in the police force and the military. I don't take that lightly, and so a very sincere thank you. Well, thank you, Noah. And second of all, so does everybody have, I know there's people out there listening, they're like, well, I'm not biased. Does everybody have bias or are there those out there that genuinely don't have it? No, everyone has biases. Everyone, including me. Um, and uh, so it's not a question of whether or not we have them. It's about, it's, it's, it's a question of do we, do we know, as we know, it's, it's about uh, recognizing that and knowing what we can do. And so... Um, unconscious bias is bias we're unaware of, Noah, uh, which happens outside of our, our, our conscious control. But implicit bias uh, is a question about the level uh, to which uh, biases are un- unconscious. So implicit bias also affects how people act with people of another race. So in spite of unconscious feelings, um, sometimes, uh, you know, simple things, simple uh, people from the majority class will, will sometimes feel uncomfortable when people uh, and may sit further away. We see in the news where adults call the police on children that are selling water or lemonade. Uh, Harvard grad, you know, bird watching in, in Central Park gets the police call on them and it goes on and on and on. That's implicit bias. 
Um, and so it impacts uh, the behavior. But, but these, are, these are things, here's some things we can do about it. What's about, so it's about recognizing it and it's, then taking the next step and moving forward yeah. and say, okay, I recognize this is the bias that I have, and here's how I can handle it differently. Absolutely. So, so from the standpoint, one of the first things we can do is just focus on seeing people as in, individuals. We've all had situations with people um, from outside of a race or religion or whatever the case might be. It may not have been the best, but just you know, compartmentalize that. So okay, that was a bad situation with Noah, with James, but it doesn't mean that all whites or all blacks or all women are bad. And so focus on seeing people as individuals and not you know, broad, broadcasting. Um, and also working on changing our stereotypes. If we have stereotypes... You know, ask, you know, look for ways that we can we can kind of work toward changing those stereotypes. Um, and a lot of that is just just taking some time to just pause and reflect on, on what we're thinking and whether or not that's actually reasonable or not. Um, when I moved into the home I live in in Temecula right now in 2004, not 1964, um, I'm from the South. So we speak to people and I rolled the window down the first night we moved in at night. And I stuck my hand out and said, hey, my name is Isaac, my wife, my son. We just moved in and just want to say hello. Without missing a beat, my neighbor said, we have a nice neighborhood here. We don't have any trouble. We want to keep it that way. Wow. This is 2004 in California. Okay, so um, adjusting our perspectives. This man didn't know me. He didn't know anything about my family. And the cheapest house on the street was $400,000. But in his mind, I was less than. My family was less than. And we were going to bring his neighbor da- neighborhood down. And you were trying to be the the gentleman, the na- the the good neighbor that just was introducing yourself. And the, that, wow, that had, that, had to, that had to have hurt. Yeah. And, uh, and so a lot of the next thing is, is increasing your exposure. Your exposure to people that's not like you. You know, you, you learn a lot in the, in the military, James, because it's the mixing pot. You know, we work with everybody. You have to in the military. And so we, t- we tend to be a little bit more open-minded because of those experiences. Um, but ex- increasing our exposure of people that, we're, that we don't traditionally spend time with. And I remember when I was going through this, this, this course at Cornell, we were doing introductions at the beginning of the course, and this lady said, you know, I, one of the introductions is, I come from a part of the country where it's not that diverse. And I didn't, ex- I wasn't exposed to people and my children weren't, but I want to, I want to change that. So I gave her a lot of credit for that. The fact that she recognized that and she was trying to uh, do some different things and then practice mindfulness. And so um, it doesn't mean that just because we feel a certain way that if you go through a diversity, equity, inclusion seminar, be it for half a day, a day, two days or whatever that, that you're going to be, you know, like a, add a drop of water and we healed, you know, it's a work in progress. But by having these conversations now at every level from government all the way down and recognize it, just because you say it's not there and it doesn't exist, you know, doesn't mean it's not so. I'm not a woman, so I don't have in mental health. We talk about a lens lenses. I can't see things through a female lens or through an LGBT lens or through an API lens, or through Americans with Disabilities lens. And so I can't say that those things are not significant to people that are within that space. And that's a big part of it right there, just acknowledging that there's some things that we may not see from where we're sitting. I'm curious, Isaac, one more question. I know James has lots of other questions, but I, I, there had to be something maybe that was the catalyst that motivated you to become a diversity and inclusion consultant to just do this great work that you're doing now. Lived experiences. At 55, uh, between all the things I saw growing up, the things I saw as a police officer, the things I saw navigating the ranks from E1 to E9 and Marines, in academia, And all the things I've seen happen to my country in the last four years, those things um, motivated me to want to be a part of the conversation and to try to make a small, um, try try to make a small contribution. So lived experiences were was a big part of it, Noah. Isaac. 
tell me what diversity is not. Diversity, what it's what it is not is a company saying we got one of each of these. See, we got one of those. Got one of those. Got one of those, and we're good. No, that means that you have categories of people. It doesn't mean that you have inclusion or that your culture is the way it should be. Wow. So how does having a diverse and inclusive organizational culture affect an organization's bottom line? Because statistically, statistically speaking, um, 35% ethnically diverse companies are 35% more likely to yield higher revenues. And gender diverse companies are 15% more likely to have higher yields. So it's a bottom line thing as well. Isaac, so how would you, uh, in an organization, how would you define a diverse and inclusive uh, environment? An environment where everyone comes to work and they feel like they can be psychologically safe enough to talk about their weekend. They can warm up whatever they want to warm up in in the break room. They can bring whatever they want to bring to the company picnic. They can wear whatever clothes. They can mention the fact that they have certain religions and talk about their children and whatever. And they don't have to worry about what's going to happen as a result of those things. And they see a pathway. They see a pathway. This is where I'm at right now in the mail room. But I see a direct line from where I'm at right now to becoming the CEO, the CFO. Wow, that's important. You know, so currently uh, we have a divided political atmosphere. How how can we help uh, increase that where everybody can just, you know, work together and understand that we all have differences, but we have to put those to the side and so that we can do the work for the betterment of the people? We just have to acknowledge, first of all, that they, that we do have a problem. I mean, saying that it doesn't exist doesn't make it go away. Saying that everything's fine here doesn't make it go away. And uh, I had my druthers. I'd make sure everybody that goes into the House and the Senate goes through diversity, equity, inclusion training. Um, but we just have to accept the fact we have to have to uh, basically accept uh, the facts in front of us. We have the FBI just released a, a report they've been, that they've had since 2010 that talks about the proliferation of of, of, um, of uh, police officers and in, in our, our brave military, you know, how they're being heavily recruited by white supremacist organizations. We can't put our head in the sand. We have to identify that they're real sub- substantial problems that threaten our country. And by doing that and then taking steps um, all law enforcement agencies need to be doing this training. The U.S. military needs to do it. Everyone needs to do it. If they love, and that's a way to be able to show that you're patriotic about this country. And, you know, we all have to work together and, and doing these things. And just like uh, we've been talking about tonight, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And it's all about respect. It's all about acceptance. It's all about uh, doing the best you can to lift others up and make sure that they feel that they are part of the organization, part of the society, part of everything. We're going to take a station break, but we're going to come back and continue this great discussion with Isaac Ford Jr. It's your life. I'm James Cody. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow, and we rely heavily on the generosity 
of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. FM 96.1 North County AM 1170 San Diego The Answer It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley and we got the fantastic Isaac Ford Jr. who is a educating us and uh, just uh, letting us all get a better understanding of diversity, equity, and inclusion. If you want to be part of the conversation, that's 1-888-344-1170. Again, that's 1-888-344-1170. I think we got a caller on the phone. Jackie, are you there? I'm here. How you doing, Jackie? Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> Hello, Jackie. <laughs> Hi, Isaac. I was um, I I called in because I'm just wondering if how we as the uh, as the public, how can we have our sort of local governments and police departments get this sort of training so that as communities, we start to feel inclusive and you know, we, we get all of these benefits. I feel like you said something about, you know, having all the uh, the, the higher-ups in, in Washington, but is there anything we can do to get this, this sort of training in our local governments, do you think? Thank you for your, for your question, Jackie. And, and I think we can. We, we can actually be vocal and, and talk to the city hall and and then of course talk to the folks that's really getting paid up in in, in uh, D.C. and let them know that they should be supporting the George Floyd um, Justice and Policing Act because they have that uh, as one of the one of the aspects of that law um, that training would be required for all law enforcement. But yes, you can still on the, on the local level reach out to them and let them know. Yes, we we support our police officers and and, and we know that the vast majority of them are good. We want them to be better. And so just as it's important for us to go out and make sure that they have the best equipment and they're trained to be able to, to do hand-to-hand and, and, and deadly force, it's important that they, they learn soft skills, people skills, have emotional talent, intelligence, Jackie. And that includes diversity, equity, inclusion. So they'll understand how and why they see people uh, the way they do that they're sworn to protect. Oh, great. Wow. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jackie. Isaac, do you think the difficult chapters of your life detailed in your book, Up From the Bottom, a memoir, make you a better trainer? I think the combinations of um, in the Marine Corps, 15 years of my, my time in the Marine Corps, was in recruiting and um, as a trainer, and, and then uh, was also involved in helping the Marine Corps uh, to become more diverse within the officer ranks toward the end of my career. That uh, plus... Um, just, you know, the combination of, of time working at USC, um, that was a skill set that I had, uh, but also because of the fact that things I went through in my early life, they made me more empathetic. I've always been um, an advocate for the underdog because I am the underdog. And so when I see people, I see things played out in our news and our politics and the whole works. Um, it gave me a passion for it, for one. And then the things I did during my, my day job over the last 20 plus years uh, gave me some skill sets. So I said, you know what, if not me, then who? I can do this, too. And uh, that's why that's what led me to to wanted to add this to 
uh, the things that I want to do when I grow up. And Isaac, I think that that actually kind of transitions into what I was going to ask, which is how have your lived experiences in your life, all the things that you've been with your upbringing and what you've seen in the military and the police force affected your ability to be more open minded and see these people that we come into contact, all of us on a daily basis as just individuals. What you do on the least of these, you do also unto me. It's my faith. And so the people that we see that are at the whims of people that are not as polished and not as um, progressive-minded, um, those people need to be advocated for. And someone has to speak up for them. You know, Isaac, man, uh, I tell you, man, I, I just love chatting with you. I love seeing you. I, I mean, uh, we all have learned over our lifetime, especially coming up as kids, uh, especially growing up, going through the military or whatever uh, profession that uh, we choose to live. But what will a 55-year-old Isaac Ford Jr. tell uh, a younger version of Isaac Ford Jr. today, well, if he could? Well, what I would tell him, tell the uh, the younger Isaac of today is, no matter where you start in life, no matter what happens to you, with faith, with hard work, determination, by surrounding yourself with positive, affirming people and energy, you can still write your own narrative and live life to the fullest until the music stops. And no matter where you start, and some things happen in life, they're not, they're not, you, don't, you don't have control of those things. One through 17 is controlled by other people and other things. 17 until, 18 until, or even if things happen later in life, 35 until, COVID, okay? You, you're in charge of what happens going forward. That's what I would say. Man, you one of the most sought-out speakers <laughs> out in the United States and also uh, uh, training. How can people get in touch with you if they wanted to have you in to speak, have you to do training, have you to do Isaac Ford? So my website is Isaac, I-S-A-A-C-F-O-R-D dot O-R-G, Isaacford dot O-R-G. And my email is Isaac, I-S-A-A-C-A-L-P-H-A, Isaac Alpha Man, Isaac Alpha Man at gmail.com. And uh, I'm open to build, uh, to be it, be it virtual, uh, be it in person, hopefully real soon. Um, I'll come out and speak to you, your organization, no matter how small, how large, police department, church, youth group, uh, juvenile detention center. It doesn't matter. I will speak anywhere in the country and even internationally. Man, uh, you are a big encouragement uh, with me. Well, when I wrote my book last year, you encouraged me to do the audio book and I know you got one coming out real soon as well. You know, so uh you're telling it in your own story. Uh just like mine's it's gonna be released next month. So hey and, and reach James, out. <laughs> and James, you also have a powerful story and and uh one that everyone needs to le- uh, needs to read. Uh, country boy, city boy, ain't it over yet. And uh continue to to uh to be impressed by and um Pray for your continued success going forward, you and your beautiful wife, and with the success of this show. And so thank you for allowing, for, for paying it forward, and, and thank you for your service and everything you continue to do. Hey, thank you so much. But uh, I want to remind our listening audience one more time about uh, the Legacy Contest, the James Cooley It's Your Life Legacy Contest. Uh, Rob, can you tell our listening audience uh, a little bit more about that? Thank you, James. Yes, I'm Rob Lucy, and I'd love to tell you a little bit more about the Legacy Story Contest. This is a contest that you will write. It's a story that you really don't want to disappear. You'd really love your family and your friends and your colleagues know about this story. It could be anything. It could be something from your childhood. It could be about getting married, about falling in love, about um, um, burning down the barn. You didn't mean to do that. Any story that you don't want to disappear, that you'd love to have your descendants learn about hundreds of years from now. So write your story up to 300 words, a story you don't want to disappear, and we'll uh, judge y'all. We'll read all three, all stories, and we'll come up with a winner 
will decide on a winner with a great prize. That's the Legacy Story Contest, James, and uh, I'm looking forward to start reading them. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Hey, so uh, get get your uh, entry in real soon. You got until the 25th of May. And I want to thank my great guest, Isaac Ford Jr. Uh, this man, I tell you, uh, he is so fantastic. Uh, and it's an honor to call him friend because he's doing so many great things out there. He cares about uh, society, our country, our people. And we are all in this thing together, and it's all about diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I did, thank you so much, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. I got to have you on because we didn't get through half of these questions. And, you know, I, <laughs> I, got, I got to get you back on again real soon, my friend, if you have time. Well, you know where to find me, and uh, continue blessings to everyone, uh, all of the mothers from um, on yesterday, Mother's Day. Uh, and for the fathers coming up, but uh, continue blessing all of you and your families during uh, as we see the other side of COVID and uh, all you do. Thank well, God and stay safe, everybody. You absolutely. I'd like to thank my uh, co-host Michelle Cooley, who's uh, just like I said, she's in New York. I'd like to thank my great, great producer Noah Dingley. Most importantly, I'd like to thank our listening audience for taking the time to listen to us. Uh, nightly, Monday through Friday, same time. We got some fantastic shows, uh, coming your way tomorrow. Uh, we got, uh, we got Mr. Bud Henderson, who's going to talk to us about, uh, building a better you. And, um, we're always looking for sponsors so we can continue to bring this great message to our listening audience, um, every night. So tell you what, stay tuned. We'll be back the same time tomorrow. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. Thanks for joining us for It's Your Life with James Cooley. To learn more about James, how you can support the show, or become a guest, visit CooleyFoundation.org. Join James weekdays at this same time for more motivation and inspiration to help you become equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. This has been the James Cooley Show. It's your life, where you learn how to dream big, think big, and be big at everything that you do. It's Your Life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley.